Word on Fire is brought to you by Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Chicago area since 1837. This is Cardinal Francis George, and I invite you to join me for the next few minutes to reflect with Father Robert Barron on the Word of God, which is the Word on Fire. Father Barron will challenge us to open our hearts to the Word on Fire, which is God's Word of Love for each of us. If our hearts are open, the Lord can change and transform us so that we might speak with love about the one who is love. The Archdiocese of Chicago, through the generosity of Sacred Heart Parish in Winnetka, now presents The Word on Fire. Peace be with you. Friends, the first reading for this week gives me an opportunity to talk about a very important feature of our Catholic intellectual life. The natural moral law. Listen to what Moses tells the people in the first reading. For this command I enjoin on you is not too mysterious and remote for you. No, it is something very near to you, already in your mouths and in your hearts. What's this command that Moses is speaking of? Well, it's the moral law contained in the Ten Commandments, that basic ethical instruction given to the children of Israel. Now, what's Moses' point? Interestingly, he asks, where is this law? And his answer is, it's not far away. That is to say, it's not something alien to you. Not in the mind of a capricious god or king. Rather, he says, this law I'm giving you is actually in your hearts. In a certain way, you already know it. Friends, throughout the Catholic tradition, the Ten Commandments were seen as articulations of the natural moral law. That means that basic moral intuition shared by all human beings. You know, when you read the Ten Commandments, you don't get the sense, do you, of something strange and alien. You read them and you say, honor your mother and father, don't kill, don't steal, don't commit adultery, don't bear false witness, don't covet. And you say, yeah, yeah, of course, those are, are good things. Well, that's what we mean here. Somehow those laws are already written in your hearts. In the second part of his great Summa Theologiae, Thomas Aquinas lays out a whole theory of law. It's one of the most compelling and beautiful parts, I think, of the whole Summa. He speaks first of the eternal law. This is the order within the divine mind itself. The eternal law is the law by which God governs all of creation. Where can you see it? Well, it's reflected in the orderliness of nature. It's reflected, for example, in the intelligibility of all things, which in turn is the ground for all of science. There's the eternal law of God's own mind. But this eternal law is also reflected in what Thomas calls the natural law. And this is precisely what I've been talking about. This is the moral law, listen, that's written in the depths of our own moral, ethical intuition. Have you noticed something? How, despite enormous cultural differences, the peoples of the world 
at least the good, the decent, the rational ones, come together in their basic moral sensibility. So sure, you look in the Chinese culture, the various African cultures, Indian culture, South American, European, etc., you'll find all kinds of differences. But when it comes to the basic moral intuitions, the peoples of the world agree. I remember years ago a professor of mine at Catholic U said, despite all the differences, it would be hard to imagine a society that praises cowardice and condemns courage, that thinks recklessness is good and prudence is evil, that would consider temperance irrational, that would encourage injustice over justice. No, no, there's this basic consensus about the moral life. Well, this is precisely what Aquinas calls the natural law. Finally, Aquinas says, this natural law expresses itself in a whole range of human or positive laws. What are these? Well, they're just the concrete ways that we express and enforce the moral precepts of the natural law. Human laws, positive laws, range from traffic legislation to income tax requirements, to the immigration bill being debated right now in the Congress. These are all the practical ways that we express the moral law. Think of these types of law as existing in a sort of nesting relationship. Positive law nests in the natural law, which in turn nests in the eternal law of God. And therefore, listen, a traffic law, something as simple as, as stopping at a stoplight, a traffic law properly formulated is a reflection of God's governance of the world. Concomitantly, the Jim Crow laws in the Deep South during the first half of the 20th century, well, they were not only cruel and unjust, they were finally repugnant to God. That's if these laws exist in a nesting relationship. An unjust positive law is finally repugnant to God. And this is exactly what Martin Luther King argued in his letter from the Birmingham City Jail. Can I recommend you go to the library, go to the bookstore, get a collection of King's writings? I think it's along with the I Have a Dream speech, the most impressive thing he ever wrote. He was imprisoned for his opposition to these unjust laws, and from the Birmingham City Jail, he wrote a letter. To those who were saying to him, Dr. King, we respect you, we think you're on the side of the angels, but you're moving too fast. You're expecting society to change too rapidly. Well, he answered them, and you know whom he quoted? He quoted St. Thomas Aquinas. I oppose these laws, King said, not only because they offend me, not only because they offend my people, not only because they're unjust, I oppose them because they are repugnant to God. And he cited Aquinas' theory of the nesting relationship between positive law, natural law, and the eternal law. I would submit to you that's a proud moment for us Catholics when this great American figure 
used our own tradition to justify the good work he was doing. You know, it's an odd thing. In the American context, you'll often hear the phrase, you can't legislate morality. Right? We've heard that a thousand times. Well, this would have struck Aquinas or Aristotle or Moses, for that matter, as so much nonsense. Because in point of fact, you never legislate anything but morality. Because positive law is simply a vehicle of the natural law, which in turn reflects the eternal law of God. I don't care where you are in the political spectrum, left, center, right. I don't care what you're arguing for. At your best, you are arguing for some morality. You think something is ethically right and needs to be supported. That's why in our culture the sharp demarcation that we sometimes draw between the sacred and the secular can be extremely problematic in this regard. You can't just say that the law, politics, are profane matters. They're not just the result of the people's choice. They are expressive at their best of moral conviction. In this context, consider for a moment Jesus' great conversation with Pontius Pilate in John's Gospel. As Jesus stands there before Pilate, about to be condemned to death, he never questions Pilate's right to rule. He never suggests that Pilate be overthrown. Jesus was not a zealot. He was not a political revolutionary. He didn't question the legitimacy of Pilate's authority. The civil authority has its legitimate role and place. But when Pilate trumpeted his authority and invoked his power, Jesus said, quote, You would have no power unless it were given to you from above. That's a very important observation. You would have no power. Now you have power legitimately, okay, but you wouldn't have it unless it were given to you from above. What was Jesus doing? He was reminding Pilate and through him all other political players that legitimate power comes from outside and beyond his own will. It comes from above him. That is to say, from the natural law, from the moral law, and ultimately from the eternal law of God. Don't think, Pontius Pilate and any other political leader, don't think that legislation flows simply from your will or, in a democratic setting, from the will of the people. The legitimacy of law flows ultimately from God. Now, what more precisely is this natural law? Well, look back at the commandments that Moses received. The Ten Commandments have two tables, the first of which commands the love of God, the second of which commands the works of justice and compassion. That's a very simple way to understand the, the Ten Commandments. The first table, you'll love the Lord your God as one God, keep holy the Sabbath, honor the name of God, are all ways of saying, Yes, God is the supreme value of my life. 
Then the second table, what flows from it is, I must treat all people with justice and compassion. Honor your mother and father. Don't steal, don't kill, don't commit adultery, don't covet, don't lie. They're all expressions of compassion and justice. And this is exactly what Jesus reiterates in the Gospel for today. When asked the nature of the law, a teacher responds, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus approves this simple insight. That's an extraordinary moment. It's Jesus ratifying the basic intuitions of the natural law. It's very important. And I'm speaking now not too many days after our Independence Day, our great national holiday. We are one nation, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Good. But we're also a nation under God. That's not just pious decoration. That's not just, oh, patriotic boilerplate. That's a very important observation. We are a nation, yes, a political entity with its own integrity and structure. But we stand finally under God. That means we are governed by the natural law, the moral law, these deep ethical intuitions, and then finally by the eternal law in which they nest. When we forget that we are a nation under God, that's when we get into trouble. Let these ideas, friends, sink in as you meditate upon this law, which is not far from you. No, it's very near to you. It's already in your mouths and in your hearts. And God bless you. I hope that you were moved today by the word on fire. I pray that together we might become a people on fire with love for God and neighbor here in Chicago and wherever these words are heard. Until we join Father Barron again next week, I'm Cardinal Francis George. God bless you. The cemetery ministry is a core ministry of our Catholic faith tied to the corporal works of mercy. Cardinal George says, It's comforting to know that our Catholic cemeteries are caring for the remains of our loved ones awaiting the resurrection. There are 43 Archdiocese of Chicago cemeteries willing to help you during times of loss. Call 708-449-6100 for assistance. Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837.